Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Bonjour. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm delighted you are here. And if you're new here, then welcome. My name is Ollie Richards. I'm from the UK, uh, and I have learned eight languages. And what I do in this podcast is talk a little bit about what I've learned in that process. I like to answer your questions that you send into the podcast. Um, but then occasionally, what I also do is uh, interview other people in the language learning world about all kinds of crazy, interesting topics. And that's what we're doing today. So today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Shannon and Caitlin from a new-ish project uh, called languageconqueror.com. And I really, really loved talking to uh, Shannon and Caitlin today because they they are bringing their full passion to the language learning game and helping others discover how to harness their passion for language learning as well. So what you're going to hear in this interview with Shannon and Caitlin is how to fall in love with your target language and stay in love with it. You're going to hear how to make learning more fun and personally relevant by engaging your hobbies and interests. You're going to learn how to create and sustain motivation. And lastly, how to create a sustainable learning habit. All familiar topics, um, but I really love their, their unique take and they're a fantastic duo. And so Without any further ado, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Shannon Kennedy and Caitlin Sacassas from Language Conqueror. Okay, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Shannon and Caitlin from languageconqueror.com. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, it's always a bit funny when there are two, three people on the on uh, on in an interview because you never quite know who to uh, you know who who responds first. So if there's a bit of talking over each other, then. Um, then not to worry. I, I guarantee you, my uh, my listeners will not will not uh, take it will not hold it against you. So, um, just to start off, maybe you just like to um, give us the, the quick Cliff Notes version of who you, who you guys are. And I don't know whether you want to introduce yourself individually or or as the as the team. But uh, I'll leave, I'll hand that over to you. I'll let you go first, Caitlin. All right. Um, so I am Caitlin Sacasas. I am um, a fitness trainer by trade and a language lover and learner by hobby. And um, it's one of my passions, especially Japanese. And I run a blog called Five Minute Japanese as well as Language Cocker. And I am co-host of the Snack Size Language podcast with Shannon. So that is me and Shannon. Tell us about you. All right. I'm Shannon and I am a musician by trade. And in addition to working on Language Conquer with Caitlin, I run a site called Eurolinguist. I am also the co-host of the Snack Size Language podcast, and I'm the resident polyglot at Drops. So that's a huge number of things going on, guys. What, what's, um, let's, why don't we start with that? What inspires you to do so many different things with languages? Uh, I, I don't know being crazy to do it all. <laughs> Me and Shannon talk about this all the time about how we always do so much, but that's also one of the reasons why we wanted to start Language Conquer was because um, a lot of times we get asked, how do we fit it all in? Like, how do we do so much in our day? And um, it's it's not that we have any more time or, or that we're like 
masters at time management. It's just more that we've learned how to incorporate language into things that we already do and love. So um, like for me, I, I might do workout videos in Japanese and that's always a lot of fun and I learn how to talk about it that way. And um, so it, it's just about incorporating it and you know, even being a mom, I, I teach some things to uh, my boys and as they're receptive and willing to learn it. <laughs> so you just incorporate it into part of your day and it, it becomes fun and interesting that when I love, I love other cultures. So that's the draw of language for me. How about you, Shannon? Because I mean, I've, I, I think I've, I've been, I've known you for years and years. Um, I think you started Eurolinguist back in, I mean, probably about when I did, it must've been about seven or eight years ago, right? Yeah, it was around 2012 that I started it. And it's the same for me as Caitlin. There's just basically anything that I enjoy doing, whether it's playing video games or whether it's martial arts or if it's, you know, even spending time with my kids, doing those things in the other languages that I know as much as possible just makes it easier to fit language learning into my life. And uh, it also makes language learning more enjoyable because, I mean, that's one of the challenges, right, is people often envision language learning as this thing you have to sit down and do with a course book or with a tutor. And those always, aren't always the most fun things to do. And it's a little bit difficult to motivate yourself to go and do those things. So finding other more creative ways to make language learning a part of your life makes it that much more enjoyable of a process. Yeah, this is something that I think I'm going to have to ask you guys for some advice on later because I'm struggling with this at the moment, but I'll, I'll just, I'll park that for, for the minute. So tell us about languageconqueror.com and what's, what is, what is this all about? Um, I think I have an idea why you, why you started it, but why don't you tell us what, what you're trying to do there? So language conquer is essentially a way to discover your own version of passion driven learning. So like what motivates you to learn a language and how to incorporate language in your day-to-day -day life. And every month what we do is we released a new quest which is based on one specific sort of interest that you may have. Um, this year, the first two quests that we released were actually related to goal setting and habits because uh, we are both gamers, we love video games. And so we really kind of aligned with how video games are designed. And at the beginning of a video game, you often have to find your map and you have to like, you know, load up on tools and things to go out equip on your, your armor. Yep. Equip your armor. Um, and so the, your goals and your habits are those things. So your goals is, are your, is your map. And then your habits are your armor and your weapons. So you need to have those two things before you go out and embark on any other quest. And then the rest of the year, we'll be talking about things like how to learn languages through food, how to learn languages through watching TV and watching movies, how to learn languages through video games, how to learn with kids or like kids and different things that are things that Caitlin and I are passionate about and that lots of other people tend to be passionate about as well. And the quests are designed to be really flexible, really open. So let's say for example, like Caitlin and I are total foodies. We both love cooking. We both love going out to restaurants. We both love um, basically everything about food. Um, but some people maybe, you know, right now you still can't go to restaurants. So it's like, how do you learn through food if you can't go, for example, to a Chinese restaurant and practice speaking Cantonese at the restaurant or, um, you know, how to do different things that you enjoy about food in the language. And so we basically cover them in a really broad way and in a really in-depth way so that you can, however works for you and whoever aligns with what you love about food becomes a way that you can use food to learn a language, for example. 
That's that's fascinating. So you have you have different different what's the word you use? Not not missions, requests. Um, yes. So you have different quests starting every 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 month. And so you are you're you're choosing these topics in advance, right? So mm-hmm. you're you're kind of cycling through different topics that that you you believe will be interesting for people, or people have told you that they're interested in. And how does it work? So people would would join depending on whether they are whether the particular topic of the month speaks to them or not is that, is that is that how it works yes yeah or they can sign up for the whole year if they would like to get access to all the the topics that we're gonna do and and go through it that way um and yeah that's it, it's very interesting because so many people do have like very similar interests or have these these hobbies that they love um like talking about food but then they go and they they don't actually know how to talk about them in their language because so many times we get so stuck learning in textbooks and get stuck learning these vocab lists that aren't relevant to us and what we actually like talking about. And then we get in these situations where we wanna have fun conversations with people and talk like we would in our native language, but then we haven't actually learned how to do those things because we haven't engaged with that hobby or passion in the language. I, I know that was an issue for me for so long. And now it's, it's something that has become easier as I, I think, oh, this is something I do every day. I should learn how to talk about this so I can talk about it in my language exchanges and, and things like that. And that, that makes it so much more enjoyable when you can talk about things you actually really love doing. I mean, I, I know that like, if you ever get someone going on, on a topic that they really like, it's like they light up, they're, they're so passionate and it becomes this fun, engaging topic. And so it's a way to bring that into language in your, your target language as well. So you're really talking about taking the initiative for your learning aren't you and and not not being a passenger in the journey but actually grabbing the bull by the horns and saying right i'm going to decide what i am going to work on next mm-hmm. and being active in the process and that's something which i've noticed among like all all successful language learners have that trait in common they don't sit back and just kind of wait for the for the journey to happen they don't they don't uh place all the responsibility on their teacher or on the, the class curriculum they they are they take total agency over the process from in, in every single aspect whether that's kind of f- figuring out um, how to start a conversation with somebody or figuring out how to read a novel or something like that they will they will be they will figure out what they want to learn and then go and do that and I think as language learners, the three of us are probably, it probably comes fairly naturally to us, but I think a lot of people that never really occurs to people because they're, they're very entrenched in a certain way of learning. I'll start calling you. I'll start nominating you guys. So that it makes it easier for you. Isn't that uh, right, Shannon? One of the really big problems is when it comes to learning a language and a lot of people don't know how to do it on their own. So what they revert to is what they learned to do in school, which is go buy a textbook and follow through it and to do those exercises. And what textbooks often teach you are not the language that you're actually going to really use in conversation. So, I mean, if you meet someone for a language exchange at some point, you're not going to be like, I'd like to reserve a hotel room. How much is this train ticket to X, Y, Z? And that's a lot of what you learn in a course book. So or, you know, how, like talking about business trips or talking about things like, um, you know, how to order in a restaurant, maybe, um, but on a very shallow level or how to check in at the airport. Whereas people, when they go to a language exchange and also too, I think 
talking about your passions is great for one, making you feel more confident in the language, because when you show up to a language exchange, you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about with this person? I don't know what to talk about. But it, when you have this in your pocket, it makes you feel a lot more comfortable going into the language exchange because you could say, hey, I really love food. Tell me about some dishes like where you live that are absolutely delicious. And like, maybe you can teach me how to make one so that I can go and make it. Or I keep reverting to the food thing. Can you tell how much of a food I am? <laughs> um, or, you know, it actually even too helps you connect with people who share your interests. And that's more motivating because then you can start to really build relationships with people who like you wouldn't in your native language. And so it just becomes yeah. that much more powerful. That's, that's something which is um, it's a really important point, which is worth, worth lingering on, I think, because often people find it difficult to make friends or even make successful language exchange partnerships, um, mm -hmm. often because it's difficult to find common ground with people. But then that's not very surprising when you think that you just spend your time studying textbooks, so you don't really have any shared, shared interest. But if you, do, if you do start to make your own interests a central part of your learning, you're it follows that you're going to be far more likely to meet other people who are interested in that kind of thing. You know, even if it was like, so something I've done in Japanese in the past um, is that is to kind of hang out on different Facebook groups and things from different topics I'm interested in. And I've kind of made uh, friendships as a result. I mean, friendships might be a bit strong, but made connections uh, as a result of that. Um, and it's all, but which wouldn't have happened were I not searching out things that I was, I was particularly interested in. Yeah, I think we're just so used to being told that the only way to learn a language is to go to a classroom environment to learn it or to get a textbook. Because I know um, before I started finding this language learning community online, you know, such as I will teach you a language and, and things like that, like it before you before you see these people who are doing it differently, the common approach is, oh, I want to learn Japanese. How do I do that? And then almost everyone instinctively goes to that textbook classroom idea and I know when I was because I took um, four years of Japanese in college and I was studying at a JLPT in three level which is like a upper intermediate level and I went and took my test and I massively failed because I, I could not understand um, especially like the listening because I hadn't actually been practicing speaking and I hadn't been using it like I should have um, in the classroom environment because in the classroom all we talked about was how to do classroom things and um, especially like in Japanese the common textbooks are Genki 1 and Genki 2 and they're they're excellent textbooks as far as that goes but they they focus so much on just like classroom environment settings um, and that's just not that's not what you're going to talk about. Like even in, even in, in English, right? Like if we're going to a college and we meet our friends in the classroom, as soon as we leave that classroom, we are not talking about those things anymore. Mm. So it, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it that way, but it's just something that we're so used to doing. And if you start learning about those things that you care about, it becomes so much easier to connect with people because you know, like I, I love talking about Star Wars and if I, I'm just so passionate about Star Wars, <laughs> if you get me going, I will go all day. And if, if I meet someone in Japanese or in, you know, Korean or, or Spanish or whatever, and I, I'm, I'm talking about Star Wars and they love Star Wars too, well, we are going to hit it off. And that's going to be such a fun conversation. And it's going to be so much easier to connect with that person. And like you said, to build that friendship and that's that's the point of learning languages i wonder, i wonder if that's why the uh, the polyglot or language learning community tends to do tends to be so so tightly knit online because you kind of if you're interested in languages you one of the things you're passionate about is language learning and so you kind of tend to 
learn the vocabulary for talking about language learning, which is actually quite a specific niche thing. Um, but then when you meet other people who are also into languages, they, they tend to tend to not have, to, have that shared vocabulary because of that shared interest. And then you kind of, um, it makes that connection even more, even more special because not only can you talk about language learning, but you can do it in a bunch of different languages. Um, so I wonder why that, why that happens. But interestingly, so just this morning, I was doing an interview in Spanish and we were talking about comprehensible input. And I realized I didn't, I couldn't, I really struggled to do it actually in Spanish because I'd never actually spoken about language learning as such in Spanish. Cause my, my Spanish it always came from like, from, from when I was much younger and it was much more of a kind of party vocabulary than, a, than the language learning vocabulary. Um, and that, but that came as a bit of a, I, I didn't anticipate that because in other languages, I'm quite, I, I can talk about language learning stuff quite easily because I've kind of learned that way. But I really struggled in this case because I didn't have that. I just never, never spoken about it before. I mean, I, I still, I'm still not actually sure how you say comprehensible input in Spanish. Do you, do you have any idea? No, I haven't uh, learned that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's, um, that's something that we run into a lot, though, when we start talking and, and we, we get in these language exchanges or in any time we're talking in our target language and there's something you want to say and you go, I have never thought about trying to learn this before. And what, how, how do I, how do I even start talking about this? And if you're not confident in how to get around that or how to figure it out, then usually you just kind of, ah, let's change the topic or um, let's end this conversation now because you get all nervous. And um, that's, that's also the other reason for like learning about your passions through your passions because, um, and, and why we kind of give the outline that we do, because a lot of times you may not think about some of the things that you need to learn to talk about that topic. Like, you know, if um, going back to Shannon's example with food, we'll keep running with it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't, um, you're trying to tell someone how to make a recipe in that language, but you don't know the words for um, to, to dice or to mix, like maybe you've learned how to say the vegetables or something and the ingredients, but you don't know how to use the verbs to tell them what to do. Well, that's something you may not have thought about before, but if you start learning through that hobby, then you start thinking, oh, I need to learn how to talk about that. I need to learn how to say, I got to dice the chicken before I throw it in the pan and things like that. So there's also a lot more, it's extremely gratifying, isn't it? When you do learn those, that specific vocabulary, and then you can, you can pick it out when you, when you hear videos and stuff. Sorry, Shannon, you were, you were saying. Oh, I was going to ask if you're familiar with the concept of language islands. Language islands. So is this the idea that you kind of get your vocabulary, you learn vocabulary deliberately within one topic area? Yeah, so it's from the book, How to Learn Any Foreign Language Immediately. And the idea is you essentially build islands. And this passion-driven learning is a lot like this, where you basically, when you first learn a language, you learn basic things like, hello, my name is Shannon, I live in California, I speak English. And you've got this little island and it's your little introduction, but everything else about the language is this vast ocean. You have nowhere to swim to. So by learning about your passions, you essentially build islands throughout this ocean that of the language so that when you're having a conversation, you can swim from island to island. And the more you know about a specific topic, the larger the island is, and the more islands you have, the shorter distances you have to swim. And passion-driven learning is really effective too in terms of communication, because let's say you are a total, I'm gonna change our passion, sorry, Caitlin, a total book lover. And um, you go into a conversation and someone asks you, 
hey, have you seen this new film? Or like the trailer for this new film just came out. Have you seen it yet? And you don't, you're not a film buff and you don't pay attention to what's getting released. And you can say, no, I haven't. Well, let's use Dune, for example, because Dune is coming out or just came out. You can say, no, I haven't seen the trailer for Dune yet, but I have read the book and you can take the ship and steer it over to your book island and switch the topic into something that you're comfortable in. And I think that's really amazing because a lot of learners, when they go into an exchange or a lesson, one of the things they worry about is, what if I don't understand? What if it goes into a topic that I don't know like what, how to talk about it, you can, with these islands, you can kind of steer the ship towards things that you can talk about and move into topics that you're confident in. And it can, it just gives you a really great foothold in the language. That's really, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Cause one of the, I, I, I so often get the question from learners. Well, so, okay, Ollie, you're recommending that I get a italki teacher or something on start or start doing language exchanges, but what do I talk about? And I always find that I always get stumped by that question because I never run out of things to talk about. It's a, probably not a very good trait, but I, I never, I don't, I just don't shut up basically. So I never, I never have, I never run out of things to talk about, but I, I, I appreciate that people do. Um, and, and so what you're, what you're kind of doing is giving people security of, or vocabulary aren't you because otherwise without that you've got the only the, the task ahead is learn the entire vocabulary of the language which seems incredibly daunting right but if you just have to learn learn words like 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 dice and slice and cut and food processor and and, and whatever then um, that's much more achievable um so let's talk about structure then because the i always think that as much as we like to to slag off um traditional learning and call it out for all its faults of which there are many it that one of the big advantages that it does have is structure because if your teacher or your textbook gives you 10 words to learn well at least you know what you've got to do and if you're studying the present perfect well at least you know what you're studying right but when you get into to more um, alternative types of language learning should we call it it can be much more fun and motivating, but structure can just go out the window and it can leave people feeling quite disorientated. So um, how do you, Caitlin, maybe I'll send this, send this to you. How do you think about the idea of structure within these quests? Yeah, so that's one of the things that um, we're continuing to expand on as, as, we, as we grow the quest. But one of the things that we're doing is we give you um, you know your your introduction to the quest and we kind of describe how how we approach this topic and give you ideas and examples and there's um a workbook that helps you with the prompts so that way like you can start brainstorming through your own ideas but also then you have these um daily prompts that kind of guide you through it so that way you know like um you know, if it, if it was, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with food. This is food is our, our upcoming month. So it's fresh in our mind because yeah. this is what we've been working on. Um, so, you know, if you're doing food, then, you know, you have the examples of learn, um, you know, so, you know, five, you know, words for a vegetable, like, you know, your favorite veggies in your language, learn what your favorite food is in your target language. Um, you know, tell us what you ate for lunch today in your target language. So you can start learning how to grow those things with, with prompts and kind of using it and, and giving you a little bit of guidance to it. But it's also still self-motivated too, because we're not giving you a straight vocab list where you have to, you, you have to learn what we're telling you because 
you know, if, if I love sweet potatoes, but if you don't love sweet potatoes, why would you, why would you want to make that one of your priority words? So, you know, it learn the vegetables that you enjoy to eat. And then that way you can talk about them. And, um, the same is true for like, um, like TV shows and dramas and things like that. If you don't love Star Wars, well, I'm not going to tell you to learn how to say may the force be with you. Like, <laughs> you know, so learn, learn what is relevant to you. And, um, but we'll give you the, the ideas in place to kind of guide you through, um, what it is that you like about that topic. So um, that's kind of the structure that we give. And then we also have a side quest because, um, you know, like in a video game, there's always these little fun things that you can go off and do these little side missions. And um, so there's always something um, that's a side quest to kind of help round it out. And then at the end of the month, we put it all together um, as you complete your quest. So, um, and usually we encourage people to do that like by um, writing it or creating a video or um, something like that. Um, I'm really big on writing things too, because um, at least for me, like not every language has to be about speaking if that's not necessarily why you're learning the language. Um, because like, I do want to speak Korean, but one of the main reasons why I'm learning Korean is because I love watching the dramas and I just want to be able to understand them in their language. And I, I just, I love K-pop, I love K-dramas and that's my main enjoyment in the language right now. So I want to be able to have that listening comprehension and, and understand. Um, so maybe for me right now, that's that's more writing. And, and I know some people, we've had this in our, um, in our quest right now, where um, some people are learning languages just to read literature. They just, they, they just want to learn the language to read literature. And um, so if that's, if that's your goal, you don't necessarily need to make a speaking video every month if that's not what you're aiming for, but you could write it out and learn how to talk about those things because you still need, you still need active, you know, active usage of the language. Um, but also I think that's a little bit more approachable sometimes to people who are introverts who are jumping into a new language. <laughs> so they, it's a little bit less intimidating um, to kind of start using the language without feeling like you're going to be judged if you make mistakes. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting that writing, isn't it? Because I, I imagine that a lot of the things you're describing, they do change at different stages of the, of the process, right? So a beginner is going to want to do quite different things to someone who's more advanced. Do you have, um, Shannon, do you have pe people of different levels in these, uh, in these quests? Yeah, we do. And we have people learning vastly different languages as well. So one of the things that we've tried to do with the course is, again, as Caitlin said, we have a lot of different prompts. So if you're a beginner in the language, obviously like learning those the first five vegetables that you want to be able to talk about but then doing things like being able to discuss like what your food preferences are like if you are a vegetarian or even vegan or a pescatarian or what you know food allergies you may have so getting really specific like i can't eat this or like um you know if you like spicy food sweet food salty food savory food i'm um, learning how to really get into the nitty gritty of food, but then also maybe just talking about the very basics, like so learning those key verbs, learning that key vocabulary to be able to discuss a topic in the way that you want to be able to discuss it, like to be able to order, for example, a dish with no onions because you just hate onions and you don't want to eat onions. So being able to just not just talk about like what you do like and what you want to eat or like regional dishes related to the language, but also really being able to get into the specifics about ingredients, preparation and all sorts of things. Let's talk lastly then about sustainability and how you think about this, because um, I, I understand that you, you've, you're fairly, you're still at the beginning of the, of the, 
of this. Um, but I imagine you thought quite a lot about this in terms of making it sustainable. So we've talked about the idea of um, basing your learning around your around your 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 passions and the things that you're into, and then the idea of language islands, which fits directly um, with that. So the idea of learning vocabulary in in topic areas based on your interests. How do you think that rolls out then over the long term? So for example, over a period of 12 months or, or even longer, um, how does it become sustainable? Um, well, for me, it's, it's habit building and it's also learning um, to not get bogged down in, in the technicalities of everything too. Um, because if you, if, if you, again, I'm going to go back to like using a textbook and stuff so often it's, it's all grammar, 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 and that can get very daunting and um, make you very, very tired. And then it makes it, it makes it hard to keep the sustainability up. If every time you approach the language, you're like, oh, I have to learn more grammar today. Like I have to study this. Or if at the end of the workday, you're just tired and you don't feel like doing it and you're just brain dead. But if you approach it through passion-driven language learning, if you approach it through the things that interest you, there's always going to be something that you can do in your language that won't feel like work because that's that's really what makes it sustainable and keeping it in small bite-sized habits so um, or snack-sized habits as we like to call them. Um, but if, you know, you start out and you're just doing like five minutes a day with vocab. Like we like to use um, drops for our vocab. And you know, that's, you can do that in five minutes and it's something that's very simple and they have all the topics that are related to your, your interests. And then, you know, as you go throughout your day, maybe you, you know, listen to K-pop like me and that's, it's still a touch point in your language and it's something that you can do and you can try to, you know, actively listen and try to you know, see, oh, are there any vocab that I've learned in this song and do that. And that makes it more sustainable as you go. Of course, at some point you're going to have to study the grammar, but the, the key to making it sustainable is to not get so bogged down in that, that that's all you do, that then it becomes something that you dread and making it to where you are enjoying fun things. You know, it, making it sustainable is a lot of times just making it like your native language as much as you can. If you do this in your native language, then do it in your target language, like learn how to do that. As a beginner, of course, that can be really overwhelming. Like, you know, if you're a beginner and you're trying to watch a K-drama without subtitles, then that's gonna be very difficult, but you don't necessarily have to go that far. You can take baby steps, you know, and you can watch it with subtitles and start picking out the connection between frequently repeated words and the subtitles and, um, or watch, you know, clips or rewatch episodes or rewatch a clip and break it down that way until you become more advanced. But um, that's, that's my approach to it. And also, you know, the habit building part of it is just so important. Like as a, as a fitness trainer by trade, like that's something that like I really instill and it's because it, language learning a lot of times runs into the same problems as working out where like it becomes this, this daunting thing that gets frustrating, especially when you hit a plateau and then you're, you don't know really where to go and you get frustrated and you want to fall off, but having those habits in place that like, okay, every morning I wake up and I drink my coffee and I study my vocab. That's my habit. Like I, while I'm drinking my coffee, I study my vocab. If you have that habit in place, even when you get frustrated, you're going to instinctively go, oh, time to study my vocab. And it's not like this, this thing that you continue to fall off of, but including the fun in language is, is, so huge that is huge 
Uh, everything you're describing it sounds like so much fun. I'm really tempted to sign up myself because I could do with a bit of that right now. I find that um, just you know living in London and as as the years go by, my life gets more and more English based. I'm kind of needing to reconnect with with um, the things that I love in different languages because in the past it's been you know I've been living in like when I'm living in Egypt, it's quite easy to get excited about learning Arabic, you know. But it's not so easy to keep that up. I mean, Arabic is, is long gone for me, but but that's precisely why, right? Because I kind of come back here and I don't have that connection anymore. So, you know, eventually as, as time goes by, um, if you don't find that that thing that keeps you excited, uh, then it's it's, it's it can be difficult to um, to keep it up. I mean, Shannon, you've been doing this for a long time, as long as me, if not longer. Do you have any, any other, anything to add on the, uh, on, on this idea of sustainability? I think for me, the sustainability all comes down to really just relying on discipline rather than motivation. And I think for me, in my experience, especially as a musician, there are days where I don't feel like sitting down and practicing my instrument. There are days where I don't feel like sitting down and trying to write music, but I do it anyways, because that motivation, that feeling like the inspiration to go and do it comes from the daily practice of doing it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that sitting down and writing music or sitting down and practicing my instrument needs to be a drag every single time that I do it. There also needs to be some time that I'm playing and not just practicing and giving myself the ability to, you know, there's a new pop song that's out that I really enjoy. It's like, okay, as a warm up, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn that because I really like that song. And then I've already got my instrument out. I'm already playing. It makes it easier to do the rest of the practice. And the same is true for languages. So if you have that entry point, that thing that's like fun, uh, you know, like maybe I would sit down and play the Ocarina of Time on my Chinese version of the Nintendo 64 so that I can get a little bit of Chinese in and I'm like, oh, you know, there's a couple of characters that I didn't understand. Let me go look them up. And then it's like, well, while I already have my Chinese stuff out, I might as well sit down and do a little bit of, you know, that more challenging, that less fun study, because it's actually going to help me enjoy playing this video game even more. So just doing it daily, being consistent. Um, two, the other thing is those motivational moments. Like when you sit down, you have a conversation with your exchange partner. And you're like, wow, I just spoke in... X language for 30 minutes. I can't believe I did that. That's so amazing. Now I'm motivated to like go and study some more. Those moments only happen because you're sitting down and doing that daily work. They're not going to happen if you're not studying consistently and you're not going to have that. Oh my gosh, that was amazing moments because those, that was amazing moments come from that daily practice. And I think one of the things too, like with both music and language is the comparison trap you look at other language learners you see their day zero video that you know they put out and they're like this is me speaking persian on day zero and then they put out their day you know 45 video this is me speaking persian on day 45 and you're going oh my goodness i wish i could learn that much in 45 days but what you have to realize is you don't know what they've been doing in between you don't see that. And then the other thing too, it's like when you lose weight or you gain weight, you see your body every single day. You don't notice when you put on five pounds, unless you're weighing yourself regularly, you don't notice when you lose five pounds, but then you go and you visit your parents and your mom's like, Shannon, did you, did you put on some <laughs> weight? You don't notice. And it's like, too, you know, we all have kids. You see your kids every single day. You don't notice that they're taller until one day you go to put a pair of pants on them. And you're like, when did that happen? So you just don't see it. And it's the same with your language learning. You spend 
your time with your language every single day. So you don't see your progress. And actually it's really easy to lose sight of whatever progress that you're making. So doing things like these sorts of quests where you really dive deep with a specific topic or find some way to document where your, your starting points and your end points, writing things down, recording videos, those help you get that distance that you need from the work itself to really see the progress that you're making. So when you, you know, deep dive with a language island or a quest or a specific passion, you go from maybe having a basic ability in it to really act, being able to communicate that thing, really being able to go deep dive with it. And you can see very easily from where you were to where you've gone and seeing that progress is what the motivation comes from. So I guess that's what I'd like to add. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. One of my one of my favorite favorite ways of thinking about things like this, um, which I mean, I actually tend to think about it to to kind of utilize this way of thinking more with things like nutrition and um, and exercise than with languages. But it's the idea that free uh, discipline in the small things gives you freedom in the big things, and um, I find that to be so true. And it seems to be exactly what you're describing there as well. Super fun. Thanks so much. So tell us um, where people can go then to find out more about, about Language Conqueror and uh, the other things that you guys are up to. Yeah, so you can check out Language Conqueror at languageconqueror.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash languageconqueror. We post some fun things there as well. And um, yeah, you can join our, our monthly quest that way. We also do the Snack Size Language Podcast. So if you want a, a little snippet of our our style and our approach you can check that out um what's it called again snack size language snack size language yeah so all the all the uh podcast episodes are like five minutes or less and that way you can get bite-sized language learning lessons wherever you can fit them in so awesome well thanks so much guys and um yeah i look forward to uh to our next conversation maybe i'll see you in a quest sometime soon awesome thank you ollie all right and cheers what is the most difficult stage in learning a new language? Well, many people will tell you that it is speaking. It's when you first start to speak and you have those kind of terrifying conversations in front of a native speaker for the first time. And it's terrifying because you realize that actually all that stuff you thought you knew, well, it turns out you didn't know it quite as well as you thought. You begin to freeze up, you trip over, the, over your words, your memory just stops working. And speaking is just an all round distressing experience. We've all been there. I've been there in many, many languages. And and to help with this, I've written a series of books called 101 Conversations. And these conversations are designed to tell a story. So right from the first one to the very last one, it tells a, a really interesting story that's completely set in the target language. And these, because these are conversations, there is no narrative. There's no fluffy descriptions. It is just blow by blow, real conversations in the target language that are gonna help you learn and memorize the most important words and phrases in the language so that you can speak with more confidence. Now, these books I've written in French, German, Italian, Spanish, English, and they're all available on Amazon. So if you head over to amazon.com and you search for Ollie Richards 101, then they should pop right up. That is on amazon.com, search for Ollie Richards 101, and you can find there the Kindle version, the paperback version, the audio version, so that you can train your ear at the same time. There is this, these will keep you busy for weeks, if not months, and they're also super affordable. So I hope you go and check them out, and I hope you enjoy the books. Once again, on Amazon.com, simply search Ollie Richards 101.